So, what are we talking about today, White? No. Nope. <laughs> it says! Oh, it says White. <laughs> you see the inner workings of our, it's only been our blooper reel. Episodes. <laughs> we still can't figure out the intro. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, White, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about Nepal. Oh my gosh, really? Specifically, things that you're surprised Nepal has. Wow, there's a lot of those, so you're going to have to rein me in. That's true. I mean, our official theme on our notes that we're reading off of says, Nepal has what? (laughs) That's what we're talking about. I'm embarrassed. I'm pretty sure I wrote that. (laughs) Maybe you didn't say it in that like fake rapper voice. I don't think I did. Nepal has what? No, that wasn't it either. Nepal has what? (laughs) Yeah, more creaky. What? <laughs> I can't even do it. What? There Nepal it is. What? <laughs> yeah. The perfect blend of LA and Portland. It just like me. my accent. <laughs> hurt real good. Okay. I'm real excited to talk about what Nepal has. Or doesn't have. I know. But first, can I tell you about my week? Yeah, I go for it. Well, not the whole week. Just one thing that happened. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. So... I wanted to share this with you guys because most of you live in countries where you have Amazon.com. Wow. Or maybe Amazon.co.uk. Or even Amazon.in. That's India. We do not have such a thing. We have (laughs) Amazon.no. Pretty much. We do have a new thing called Isewa Puzzle, Mm -hmm. which means... Electronic service store. <laughs> good. I'm good at translating. Uh, it's not good, though. <laughs> no. Nah. They don't have any French presses. So no, no. Fail. But what happened to me is I got a package from Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I didn't think it was possible. I mean, I guess they have international shipping, but I never get stuff shipped here because the mail is so unreliable. Mm-hmm. And paying for... Registered mail is oh prohibitively gosh. expensive. I bet that was so expensive. Yeah, I should look at the postage on it. But yeah, so I'm in this group of friends from college, and recently we started this thing where every year we do Secret Santa with each other. And there's a lot of it. There's like 30 of us or something. So we, you know, all get assigned a person, and then we live all over the world. So we mail each other packages, and it's so fun. That it's is amazing. Fun. Like last year, no, two years ago. I had the Swiss guy as my secret Santa, and mm-hmm. he mailed me Swiss chocolate. Oh, heck yeah. It was amazing. But yeah, so this year, I got my package in February, which typical, right? Mm-hmm. The mail system here is very slow. And I got the box, and it was an Amazon Prime box. And yeah, it and it so was surprised. like pristine. I know. So fun fact, everyone, I guess you can get Amazon here, but... I also just kind of wanted to share this because I feel like Amazon Prime has gotten really popular since I moved to Nepal. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that I'm like, oh, I really miss that. It's more weird to me. I'm like, what? You don't go to the store anymore? You know? So now I feel like I just got this little taste of America. Yeah. And I want you all to not take your Amazon Prime for granted. Yeah. 
Instead of like one day delivery, it's like two month delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I got a Groundhog I mean, Day gift instead of a Christmas yeah. gift. Still really exciting that it got here though. Yeah. It's I know. not guaranteed. And so. it was a, such a good gift. Yeah. It was, it was good. a cool book of cocktails, but all the names are puns from classic books. Mm-hmm. It's called Tequila Ma- No, what's this one? Are called? You There, God? It's Me. Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also glad Judy Bloom made it to the classics list. Yes. It was time. Well, good. So we should make some of those cocktails soon. We definitely should because we have the prequel to that cocktail book called Tequila Mockingbird. Which is an even better pun, yeah. if I may say so. We really need to make some cocktails. Anyway, many thanks to my secret Santa who did not reveal their identity. Mm-hmm. Very mysterious. Uh, what about you? How was your well, week? Speaking of drinking, boy. I had some stuff to celebrate this week, so I just had my second Nepalaversary. Congratulations. Thanks. I've been saying that I have lived in Nepal for like two years, four, six months now. So by the time that I actually have lived here for two years and I'm like, I mean, yeah, cool. Yeah, it <laughs> Hasn't it been exciting. six months? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it feels really good. So just had some friends over. It was super chill. Just a good opportunity to just hang out with people. Like it wasn't so much like everyone come and celebrate me. It was like, hey, um, I'm excited about this. But really, will you guys just come hang out with me? I feel like that's what I always do. Like, I love hosting parties, and I think people think I really like celebrating things, but it's more like I just like hosting parties. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, here's a reason for a party. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, my roommate said, she was like, yeah, I'm really glad that you're inviting people over. Like, it's important to celebrate what you can celebrate here. Mm. And I think that's good wisdom. And bonus, we live in Nepal, and um, everyone goes to bed really early. <laughs> um, it was a Sunday night and everyone had to work the next morning. And also we all live inside gates that our landlords lock. Yep. Often. And sometimes you don't have keys to get in the gate. So by the time that it's 830, everyone's like, well, bye. I had so much fun celebrating with you. I got to go home. Yeah. You're like, cool. I had a party and I still was in bed by nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Oh, man. So I feel like I should ask you a really like profound question about who you've become as a person or how much you've adjusted to living in Nepal or something. All of it. All the way. Yeah. Adjusted. 100%. You're done forever. Mm -hmm. Nothing left to learn. Yeah, I feel like two years is a kind of important milestone just because you finally are settling in. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it was for me. Like the first year, you just are... Have, Spastic. Yeah. Have no like grounding. You're like floating mm-hmm. around like, what the heck is yeah. going on? Who am I? Like you're figuring out how to be who you are going to be in this new culture and you're making friends and you're figuring out how to do really basic things like eat food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the second year, you're a little more settled, but I don't know, you're still kind of shaking things down, yeah. trying things. You keep and... thinking you're settled and then you realize you're not and that's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like by two years, then you kind of actually are mm-hmm. starting to get settled, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for my first year, probably, I kind of felt like I'm kind of a guilt-prone person, so I felt like really guilty or shameful that I wasn't doing, you know, I'm like, I'm not engaging enough, I'm not doing enough, oh, I need to put more energy into this and this and do this better and this better. Stop it. 
And by the beginning of my third year, I'm like, man, there's only so much I can do. (laughs) (laughs) But I've like found the things that are energy giving to me and work. I'm getting better at work. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, another huge So I feel a lot more confident about that. So then I can be a little bit more exploratory with other things Mm -hmm. because I feel grounded in some part of my life at least. Right. And I don't know about you, but I also felt like that was kind of a place where my language started, well, this is a bad thing, started to plateau because Mm -hmm. I got lazy because I then had enough language to pretty much do all the things I wanted to do. So that's good too. I think that it becomes a little bit less of a struggle in the language department. That's for sure true. Although I am going to start up language again. Great. Language classes. come back with stories about all the embarrassing things you say. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't wait. Cool. Well, super congratulations, dude. Thanks. Two years. Yeah. Only two more to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been two years for me, four and a half years for you. Um, And we have had to learn a lot about Nepal in that time. Um, There's a lot of very surprising things in Nepal. Yeah, dude. It's funny because when I first moved here... I didn't actually know that much about Nepal, which Mm -hmm. is slightly embarrassing. So I think in some ways I wasn't that surprised because I didn't have a lot of expectations Mm, going into it. That's kind of good. But now I still get surprised. Yeah. It's like in those first few months, then I did form like, here's my Nepal box. And Nepal fits nicely in this little box. And then I just still expect Nepal to fit into that box, Mm. you know? I think as expats, I find this sometimes, it kind of annoys me, actually. When we're talking about Nepal, we fall into this trap of kind of being like, well, you know how Nepal is. Mm -hmm. Nepal is like this. And I think in a way, it's sort of a coping mechanism. Like, well, if something is hard or frustrating or just different, then you can say, well, I can categorize it, I can understand it, I can put it in this like safe little section of my brain, and then I don't have to be challenged. But Nepal doesn't actually let you do that if you you get out and about. Yeah, I was trying to like think about things like what were my expectations the first time I went to Nepal? Mm. So I came in 2014. So by the time that I moved here, I kind of had like a comfortable picture of Nepal in my mind. So there was never, there hasn't really been times when I was just like, you know. (laughs) Except when they opened the nitrogen ice cream place in the basement of the mall. That was (laughs) crazy. Stuff that I haven't experienced in America. I'm like, I've seen this on Instagram, but it's in Kathmandu. But that is part of it is I think it's easy to think of Nepal as, oh, a developing country. So Mm -hmm. you're just like, it's a village, right? Like, no, I, I live in the capital city. Yeah, <laughs> There's right. There's a couple million people here. And then they're like, oh, capital city. And then they come and visit Kathmandu. And they're like, this doesn't remind me of my capital city. And you're like, yeah, but <laughs> why would it? <laughs> yeah. Or if you come to Nepal and you only go to Kathmandu, yeah. then you think everything is like Kathmandu. True. And the village would be super surprising to you. So, Whereas actually you go to the village and they're like, oh, you live in Kathmandu? That's so sad. It's so dusty there. <laughs> and you're like, I know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, My buggers are black always. Yes. Yep. Or even like our like our friend who does similar work to us was on the trip with you when you guys traveled to the mountains mm-hmm. for like how long was that like twenty five days or something? Mm-hmm. And then he just recently went to the Tri, which is the 
tropical plains, like the jungle part of the country. And he was texting us like all amazed. He's like, what the heck? Like the roads are so wide and paved and they have these little like auto rickshaws that you can drive around in. And we're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you've only seen the hills and the mountains. Oh no, I didn't realize that. (laughs) But I mean, the first time I went to the Terai, I had the same exact experience. Like this feels like a different country. That is true. Feels like more like India, but it doesn't feel like India. Yeah. One fun fact, Nepal is not India. Yeah, that's probably my biggest point to make in this episode. Surprise! Yeah, we've both spent time in India, so we have some opinions. We have not spent as much time in India as we have in Nepal, so... Oh, I had opinions before I ever went to India, so... (laughs) (laughs) I actually, or when I first came to Nepal, I thought that Nepal would be like India. Which... It's logical. I mean, they're right next to each other. If you see pictures, like there's a lot of similarities. They're both majority Hindu cultures. Yeah. I had spent three months in India and loved it. Like if they had actually needed linguists, I would have moved there. Well, I'm glad they did because then you and I would not have been friends. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. So um, I was like, well, Rose, could I go? Well, Nepal. I should go to Nepal and see what that's like. Because that's probably, I mean, it's South Asia. I would think that it's going to be like India. And then I came here. And I mean, you're culture shocking when you first get here. You're looking for things that are familiar. Mm -hmm. And so I was like so confused about why it wasn't India. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, but it's supposed to be like India. And then it kept being different and different and different. I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. And then it's not compute. It like made me I'm like, oh no, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. What well, I'm like in Nepal and all I'm thinking about is India. Like what's the point of being in Nepal if you're not thinking about Nepal? But I and adjusted. Nepal is way better. Nepal is amazing. We're biased, I love this. you guys. I love this country. Um yeah, what are some of the ways that you've noticed I mean, I think for me, the number one thing, which is why I like Nepal better, but which I know is why some people like India better, Mm -hmm. is that Nepalis are just way more chill. Mm, Yeah. Like Indians are so in your face, Mm -hmm. which like I know some people really like that because they're in your face with their hospitality too. Like you are my friend now. Come to my house. You have joined my family. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? But for me, I'm like, I need a little space. (laughs) Let's be friendly, mm-hmm. but let's just be chill about it. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if it's a personality thing or like a culture thing. I just feel more comfortable with that. But it also means, you know, salespeople don't accost you on the street and like mugging. Except for Tamil. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that doesn't count, but. But yeah, like there's not really violent crime here, mm-hmm. you know, and like I feel like you don't get the like weird cat calling like men kind of approaching you in a creepy way yeah they only like sing you nepali songs once in a while it's so (laughs) sweet i think i've talked about my nicest cat call ever where this young teenage boy all his friends were like prodding him (laughs) he called out to me in nepali hello Welcome to our country. How are you enjoying our your stay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that cat call almost worked. <laughs> yeah, right? That's amazing. How about you? What, what did you find that was different from India? I mean, in general, India is just big. True. Like, I went to temples in India that it felt, I mean, mind you, of course, India is a humongous place, so I can't represent the entire country with what I'm saying. 
But like some of the um, temples that I went to felt almost like a theme park. Like, yeah, you have one route you can take and you're winding around and you're seeing different gods and you're going up different levels and it maybe takes you like 45 minutes to get through this temple. Wow. And like very intricate and like very brightly painted and different colors and stuff. And Nepal is not like that. Like, I've never seen a temple that big. I'm sure there's some big temples, like, in the southern part of the country. Yeah, even so, though. I just feel like it's all, like, it feels kind of like the local version. Yeah, it's, they tend to be very practical. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the ancient temples, like, they would tend to be, like, in the city center. Um, They would be Newar, which is one of the biggest people groups in Nepal, and they're very ancient people. I think we've talked about them before, but they do very intricate carvings, wood carvings, and they have metal kind of cord things that hang off of the temples. So, like, there's, like, gold and stuff like that. They have a very specific architectural style, though, which is limiting to a certain size. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't want an entire temple made just of wood. And towering, yeah, yeah, towering over you. Well, in India, just, yeah, you're right. Like, everything is bigger in India. I mean, the cities are insanely big. Mm-hmm. And the people groups, I mean, they also, like Nepal, have lots of ethnic groups and lots of languages. But whereas in Nepal, you're like, mm, 500,000 speakers. Like, that's a pretty big language. Yeah. India's like, so we have 30 million. Yeah, <laughs> like, and we're a minority. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Another thing that Nepal doesn't have is the slums, like the urban slums, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I don't know why, but... Yeah. Well, and I think probably related to that, the city isn't as segregated by wealth levels. Mm. So I feel like in India, like rich people who grow up in India never see poor people. Like they don't Mm. even hardly know they exist. Whereas in Nepal, like that could never happen. Right. You know, like it's all integrated. That's like true. kind of the nice part of the city where rich people live is like one block away from kind of a poorer area. Yeah. Or you just turn a corner and go down this narrow lane to the most amazing Momo shop. Yeah. You know, and there's like stray dogs and it just isn't separated out mm-hmm. like that. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I haven't traveled a ton in Asia, but Nepal is unique. Not just from India, but I feel like it's unique within Asia as Mm -hmm. well. I mean, one main thing is Nepal has never been colonized. Yeah. By a foreign power. It's crazy. People like tried to conquer Nepal. Yes. And they got chased out again. Like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Who are these people? I just love the British like took over India and they're like, no problem. We'll just grab Nepal too. <laughs> like a third of them died of malaria. Yeah. And then they finally got to the hills and the Gurkhas killed another third. And they were like, hmm, you guys want to work for us? <laughs> I love that you said all of that with like such an intense grin on your face. They're like, a third of them died <laughs> from malaria. I'm just so proud. I'm picturing like these tiny village Nepalis like just running down the Kirtipur hill. Like, I know you guys have guns, but we don't even care because we yeah. have kukris, the yes. fancy knives. Dude, some of those kukris are big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, if I was a British soldier who had just survived malaria, I'd be like, I surrender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We will not colonize you, I promise. But it's interesting, too. Like, I mean, the geography is nuts. They haven't been colonized. It's landlocked, mm-hmm. which is another weird mm-hmm. issue. Um. 
And then it has this mix of all these different cultures that have influenced it. I mean, yeah. you have like kind of the British influence, but not in the same to the same extent as mm -hmm. India. So then you have like the Tibetan Chinese influence. You have sort of Indian cultural influence. But then you have all the internal cultures that influence yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange and wonderful place. A medley. Yeah. So when you moved here, what were some things that you had to get used to? Or maybe not that you had to get used to, but just that you were like, this is here? Well, my biggest thing is coffee. Yeah. When I was moving here, I was like, okay, you know, like, am I going to have to get used to not drinking coffee? Because I knew it was a tea culture. Mm -hmm. And I had heard about Nescafe. And yep. I was like, no, no, <laughs> I am from Portland. I cannot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was nervous about that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to like wean myself off caffeine. I'm just going to have to learn to go without, you know, I'm just sacrificing for this important work that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got here and my host family, who has lots of international connections, <laughs> first morning was like, you want some coffee? And I was like, yeah. And she pulled a Starbucks a bag out of the oh freezer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But there's no Starbucks here. But yeah, there's great local coffee. I mean, Nepal has an amazing climate for growing coffee. And it's a growing industry, you know. But there's a lot of people that are teaching people that live, you know, in the right climate zones to grow it. And they can make way more money per acre off mm -hmm. of coffee than rice. And there's some, like, pretty hip places that sell local coffee. And it's delicious. And I bring it back as gifts to my yeah. friends in the U.S. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Karma, shout out. We love you. Yeah, you're amazing. And there's, like, barista schools everywhere. And, like, I feel like in America, maybe, what do you call it, like, latte art is kind of like, wow, that's amazing. That's how you know it's a good coffee shop. And it's like, everybody and their dog can do <laughs> foam art. It's I not know. a big deal. It's like mandatory barista school yeah. training. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's coffee shops everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they're frequented by Nepalis. It's yeah. not like, oh, a Western thing. It's the coffee culture here is growing, yeah. which is super fun. But yeah, it was just interesting too to see like what things are available in stores and what things aren't. It isn't necessarily consistent or what you would expect. I mean, there's more British products, obviously, mm -hmm. like digestives. <laughs> Such a weird so British thing. So many like McVities or McVities brand of yeah. stuff. I don't even know. I had never heard of this till I moved here. Yeah, um, things that you can't even really buy in America. Right, yeah. They're really popular Or here. like, I feel like every store has cocktail onions. True. But I can never buy like canned beans. Yeah. <laughs> Except for chickpeas. Do those count? Yeah. Like chickpeas and kit. No, what is that called? Oh, yeah, kidney, kidney beans. Kidney beans, yeah. yeah those are available. Ones. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was expecting more, or I was expecting less convenient mm -hmm. things in grocery mm -hmm. stores. Yeah, how about you? Is there anything that <laughs> particularly surprised you when you moved here? Something that I think I definitely had to get used to was that Google Maps is no longer like an automatic part of my life. Yes. Like it dude. is not a trustworthy source of information anymore. It is missing a lot of roads. So much. It's like if you already know where the store is, you can check it on Google Maps, but don't try and find a store from Google Maps because you're like, oh, no, it right. doesn't exist. No, no, it exists. It just doesn't have any kind of website 
presence. Right. <laughs> and um, stores here in general, they, yeah, they don't have a website, but they would have a Facebook page and they would usually have an Instagram page. The hip ones. Yeah. And I follow all of them. <laughs> of course you do. And like, if you haven't been to a store before in Nepal, well, good luck on <laughs> oh finding God. it. It's like, usually it's not difficult to get to. But it's hard to find the first time. Although I had a really good experience recently. The the leather guy that makes our shoes, mm-hmm. his store moved. And I called him. And I was like, where's your new store? And he was like, it's just, just come down the hill. And I'm like, it's on a forked road. I'm like, but which way do I go? He's like, just down. Just come down. And I'm like, that's so unspecific. How am I going to find this? So I went down the hill. And it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know. Uh, yeah so you would definitely call people like hey is your store open today oh yeah hours listed online totally unreliable i'm gonna come and they're like cool i'm like i'm gonna call you when i get close they're like cool (laughs) (laughs) and then they'll come and find you if you're lost this may or may not have happened to us (laughs) yeah multiple times maybe or even like that you don't really do official orders through things like there's um nut milk available and i just message them on instagram yeah i'm like, like hey i need to put in an order and they're like cool yeah i know i feel kind of uncomfortable with that like i feel like i need to get used to it because there's a lot of companies there's like online bookstores mm-hmm. where you can do that and stuff and i'm just like but i don't know like who am i texting it feels too personal yeah. it's like really awkward <laughs> but i love it it is really easy so yeah. much easier than like filling out this big form mm-hmm. and like, you know, typing in your credit card number and all that junk. So did it surprise you what English is like in Nepal? Oh, or my in gosh. Kathmandu, I should say. You know, I don't necessarily think it surprised me, but it's definitely something that people always comment on mm-hmm. when they visit and like are really surprised about is how prevalent English is. Yeah. Like, I think people are like, Oh, I'm going to Nepal, Shangri-La. It's like this remote place. Mm. And then they get here and have 50% of the signs yeah. are in English. And a lot of shopkeepers speak enough English. You know, they know the names of products and all the numbers and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people learn English in school. So, and it's definitely something I start to take for granted. I can yeah. travel to yeah. other Asian countries and people don't speak English. And I'm like, oh, hi. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm so used to this. In <laughs> I'm going to move my arms. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly bobble my head around like an Indian man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Something gets done. Yeah, here sometimes it feels almost like a register. So like if I was ordering on Instagram or something, people will switch between Nepali and English, but often like they'll use very proper English on those kinds of medium so for you non-linguists a register oh uh how do i explain this it's like a level of formality or like when you're talking in about a certain type of topic or something then you would change your register which can be within a language so you can start speaking more formally or you can switch to a different language to indicate being business-like or being more proper or whatever so what other things are people surprised about, like when they visit you or new people? I think it's surprising how early everyone goes to bed. Yes. So one of our friends, actually Maple, our guest, 
was telling this story about one of our other friends who had come from Australia, like <laughs> just moved to Nepal. Like a couple of days before or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, she was having a get together at Maple's house, like getting to meet people and stuff like that. And she said to Maple, oh, yeah, I think we should have maybe have the get together like to start at 8 p.m. And Maple was like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, people will not come if it's that late. And she's like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, no, like she didn't believe Maple. So she was like, OK, here's what's going to happen. We're going to set it for six. People will come after dinner at 630. They will hang out for like maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And by 830, no one will be here. <laughs> and our Australian friend was like, uh, whatever. And lo and behold, that is exactly <laughs> what happened. It's true. And I feel like there's a combination of factors. Like people get locked out of their houses by mm -hmm. their landlords, which is a whole other issue. Also, there used to be no streetlights here. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, mm -hmm. but it was pitch black at night. So it's not really like pleasant to be traveling at nighttime, you know, and it gets cold in the winter. And yeah, there's just like a culture of going to bed earlier. I mean, Nepalis go to bed early. If you are cycling around the streets at 830, you will like not see a soul. Yeah, it's creepy. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So that definitely took some getting used to. And I started getting up super early in the morning. <laughs> I still stay up late because I'm good <laughs> at life. People also talk about toilets. I think, let me think about this. So. Before Nepal, I had traveled in India and I had traveled like around China. It's definitely a very different situation than China where like you would use a squatty potty, but you would also use toilet paper, Oh, which is quite messy. So you've like flushed the toilet paper down the squatty? Um, sometimes. Or people just dump it in the corner? Like I've been in, um, what do you call it? Like rest stops on the side of the road while traveling and- there was nothing, like no receptacles oh, at all. No, and so no it was just water? like piles. Ugh. Like yeah, la, 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 la. so gross. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Western toilets here. Yeah, I mean, there's squatties as well, but that's definitely there's a lot more Western toilets mm -hmm. than I would have expected. Yeah, it's like, pretty common. We only have Western toilets yeah. in my flat. Yeah, which sometimes I'm kind of sad about because I kind of like squatties. I'm like. Oh, wow. One of our friends, her flat has a squatty and a Western toilet in the same bathroom. Oh, I kind of well, like that. That's handy. Yeah. Because sometimes I do like a squatty. Well, when I first moved here, my friend's flat that I stayed at had that. And I was glad because I was new here and I wanted to like mm -hmm. practice using a squatty before I like went to an Holly's house or something. And like peed on your pants or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me over. Huh? You smell like piss. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is something you have to like learn how to do, you yeah. know, which direction you face, how do you aim? Anything else like visitors or new people have mentioned to you? I will say that something that people when I'm Skyping them mention is <gasps> how loud it is all the time. Right. True. Like we. I don't know if that's surprising. I guess it's surprising yeah, to other people, though. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, there seems like there's a lot of dogs <laughs> under your window. And I'm like, yeah, so. I don't even <laughs> hear the dogs anymore. Yeah. They feel so normal to me. I can sleep, like, with any sound going on now. Yes. Like, Nepal does teach you that skill. It's, it's pretty amazing. beautiful. 
I guess, yeah, other cities are quieter, maybe. Mm. We, I mean, yeah, I haven't really lived in, like, big cities before. Yeah. But, like, here, I mean, you're living in close contact. Like, maybe a lot of homes would back up. Like, you would have a foot of space between you and your neighbor. Or you wouldn't have any. Like, your new house being built shares a wall with your window. I can always hear them cooking dinner. They, like, chop the vegetables really loudly. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I used to think they were still doing construction, but I realized it was just the knife on the cutting board. <laughs> Amazing. It's like they're making a char. Yeah. The pickle for mm-hmm. the doll butt. And my neighbors, they always do their dishes really late at night, like 11 p.m. I don't know. The way the buildings are, the sound like bounces and it sounds like it's inside my bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> yeah, there's always some kind of noise mm-hmm. going on. That's true. They like yell, like people yelling for their daughter like a street away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Kanchi! <laughs> Kanchi! <laughs> It's just not as much of a culture of, like, leaving other people alone. Right. Which I really like because I'm like, I'm going to listen to my music. I'm like, oh, no. Can other people hear it? I'm like, Mm -hmm. they don't care. (laughs) Or, like, this is amazing. I was walking on the sidewalk the other day, and there was these two older women walking toward me. They were pretty fat. (laughs) And they were, like, not moving out of the way for me. (laughs) I was not moving out of the way for that. <laughs> and I got up to like one of the ladies and she just grabbed me around the waist and like moved me to the side. Whoa. Which like I don't know. It was fine. And yeah. I just kind of was laughing to myself. I like I feel like in some countries that would be like sexual harassment. She just was like, mm, granddaughter, you're in my way. Yeah. But it also gives me a lot of freedom. Like then today I did that to someone else. Yeah. I was walking on the sidewalk and they didn't hear me coming and they were standing out in the way. And I just like grabbed their arm and moved them and they were totally chilling yeah, at that. Yeah, I love it. Just don't <laughs> do that in America. Oh man, I <laughs> will get sued. Oh, terrible. <laughs> What are some things that you now take for granted now that you've lived in Nepal? That's a good question. Well, I talked about English already. Mm-hmm. Like I go to other countries and I get surprised. Yeah. I think just the affordability of eating out. Oh my gosh, me too. I mean, like the most expensive meal I've had in the last month probably was like at a really fancy Italian place. Mm-hmm. We split a bottle of wine. I think I spent $18 USD. Yeah, it's amazing. You can't even get a cocktail for that where you're from. I know. It's horrifying. It's like, that's like happy hour prices, right? (laughs) It is. I just, when I go to the US this year to visit, I will only drink alcohol and not eat food. New plan. (laughs) Hmm. I think you should bring your own alcohol. Oh, get a flask. Yeah, and then bring food. Eat food, too. <laughs> just also, just stop bring by food. the Mexican just place. Like- <laughs> have a bag that's like a little refrigerator. I'm like, mm, I'll eat my burrito. Oh, my god! <laughs> You're like, man, this is... I think you just <laughs> aged like 20 years by making that plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> it's here. It's time. Uh, they say people in their 50s are happier, so... Yeah, that's why. <laughs> You're they, never hungry. They don't give a crap what yeah. things, and they're never hungry. Double win. But, yeah, I definitely think you're right, though. Like, we go out to eat. I mean, because food here is so cheap in comparison. Mm-hmm. So even, like, good Western food. And so, like, I don't really think about it that much if I'm like, oh, man, I didn't bring my any lunch today but it's fine we can go out and that's not, like, a huge expense. It's not that much more it's expensive like five bucks. than cooking for yourself. Yeah. 
So, and you get, that's like, or like even getting to order a drink. In America, I would be like, no, I can't order a drink. I never ordered drinks in America. And here, like I'm even like, just like a lemonade or something. Yeah. I wouldn't order it. Yeah. And like here, you of course you would order a drink. Everybody orders a drink. I've never been out with a group of people and they don't like all order drinks. Yeah, including Nepalis too. This yeah. isn't like a oh fancy rich Westerner yeah. thing. Not but. like not necessarily drink drinks, but you yeah, know. Yeah, no, just like tea or yeah. coffee or yeah. That is so true. Yeah. If I end up moving back to the US permanently, that's gonna be so hard to yeah. adjust to. It was hard for me when I even went back for like three weeks to visit. Girl, you need more generous friends. I think so. Make you, them all pay for you. You guys hear this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else do you kind of take for granted now? Well, I'm from a very rural part of a rural state in America. Like, my town that I went to school in had a population of 68 people. My town itself had, like, a population of 800 people. But you have to drive everywhere. Right. So. Like walking is not an option. No, like you have to own a car. You can't even have like a scooter. Mm -hmm. You will die. I know this because I own a scooter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I couldn't travel outside of my larger college town. Um, But anyway, here it's not like that. First of all, public transportation is a thing, whether that's buses or like tempos, which are like very small little uh, open air buses. Yeah, kind of like rickshaws, taxis. Uh, we have a ride-sharing apps now for motorcycles, etc. I and, and that's like how people get around. I mean, yeah. people own motorcycles too, but yeah. most long-distance travel, everyone takes the bus. Yeah, right. And within Kathmandu itself, like you can walk a lot of places. Like you might take a long time to get there. Like um, one of our listeners walked from basically Tamil to where we live in the south, and it took her like an hour. But, like, nowhere during that walking time are you, like, walking by an interstate or something like that. Like, you're always going to have other pedestrians with you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel, like, so weird. Yeah, people walk. It's just, it's a dense city. That's what it is. It's amazing. I love it so much. Was that surprising to you when you moved here, do you think? Maybe not surprising, but I instantly loved it. And now you never want it to change. Like, I can get around just fine on a mountain bike and if i need to go out then i'm like oh yeah i'll just get a a taxi or get in a bus or something and it's totally chill i know i do think about that as well like now i'm so spoiled if i do end up moving back to the u.s or moving to a different a bigger city in Mm -hmm. another country or something i feel like that's gonna be such a high priority for me is the walkability of the neighborhood that i live in yeah for sure so here's one actually that you wrote but it's so good i would not have thought of it this isn't a take for granted in a good way. <laughs> it's just a thing that you get so used to that you don't even notice anymore. And it's being overstimulated all the yeah. time. I think, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought when I moved here, my life would be more simple. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people think of Nepal, though. They're like, you're going to become a yogi on the top of a mountain. Right. Or you're going to live in a village mm-hmm. with a goat. And I have done neither of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. I have taken yoga classes. I have held baby goats. Yeah. But it's all temporary. (laughs) I mean, I didn't have a smartphone until I moved here. Mm. So that adds to my overstimulation. 
and it's a city and there's people everywhere and there's noises everywhere and there's a hundred gazillion thousand million tiny businesses with signs you can read and vehicles honking and passing you and there's just a lot (laughs) going on and the amazing thing is that you stop noticing yeah the human brain is so amazingly adaptable but just because you aren't consciously noticing doesn't mean your brain isn't processing it True. all the time. Yep. So then when you go somewhere quiet, like the village or another country, you're like, oh. It's very freeing. Yeah. Well, I'll admit I'm a millennial. So <laughs> living in Kathmandu just like spurs on some of these things that already have been like pushed by my generation. Like, yeah, we're already like tech native, so we are like on our phones more often or yeah, we try to multitask. We don't have very short attention. I mean, we don't have very long attention spans. <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> but living here, I need constant stimulation because I've gotten so used to it that like if we are somewhere quiet, then my brain is like listen to an audiobook. Also, look at photos on your phone. Or, you know, like I have to have multiple things going at one time. Oh, no. I feel so sad for you right now. I know. I feel like that's one of the things that I love about, like, where we travel for work often. There isn't internet available. But now it's becoming more and more available across the country, which, by the way, here is something. I can't believe I forgot to say this earlier. Yeah, And one of our friends was like, you have to talk about this. Maybe the most surprising thing about Nepal is the level and quality and ubiquity and cheapness Mm -hmm. of internet. Yeah. Dude, we have fiber at my house and we pay like $30 a month for it. And I probably spend $7 a month on phone data and it works in the remote villages of this country. Like... I've had friends move back to the U.S. and be like, I had better service at Everest Base Camp than I do inside my apartment yeah. in North Carolina. Oh, and my I'm like, gosh. Yeah. I don't know what America is doing wrong, but Nepal is doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like America is like just getting fiber. What do you call that? Like fiber cables? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I often when I Skype with people in the U.S., If there's a faulty connection, it's their fault, not mine. I remember when I first moved here, and actually it was you. You took us to the Incel store, the mobile phone provider, and we got our SIM cards. And they were like, do you want data? And I was like, I don't need data. I mean, I live in Nepal. Why do I need data? (laughs) Because also, actually, Nepal has Wi-Fi, like open Wi-Fi everywhere. Everywhere. Like grocery stores, every establishment has Wi-Fi. Yeah. So I was like, I don't need data. But then I realized that I can get um, a gig and a half of data for a month plan, like pay as you go month plan for, I guess it would be like 250 USD. Insane. It's so crazy. My favorite, you can get one hour of unlimited data for 20 cents. Yep. So if you know you're going to stream something or you're going to like download a big file. You can just pay 20 cents and download as much as you want for an hour. That one, especially on field work, is amazing. Yes. Oh, 
for sure. I've used that many times. Like, download a Netflix show quick. Yeah, exactly. Or, oh my gosh, the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> or the Olympics. We watched a mm-hmm. lot of Olympics last year with that 20 cents. Could be worse, right? Dude. We love Nepal. We love Nepal so much. And now I think our listeners are like, ooh. Nepal, yeah. <laughs> Good coffee, fast internet, people speak English. We sound kind of spoiled, actually. Toilets are weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's time for our segment of the week. So we just talked about, you know, how how much we can speak English in the capital and stuff like that. But... We do actually speak Nepali. You guys didn't know. We talk about it enough, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so speaking of things that are unexpected, there is also some things in Nepali that take a while for you to actually understand what they mean. They're not things that get directly translated. You just kind of have to pick them up the more that you spend time with native speakers. And one of example of this are, what would you call these? They're not quite particles. But they're not quite words. I'm pretty sure there's a word for this. I can't think of it. But it's just sounds you make. So in English, some examples would be like, uh-oh, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. ouch. And that's kind of a word, I guess. Or like, wow. Yee. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 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 and so, of course, Nepali has these too. And they're super interesting. And some of them are super confusing. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, makes sense automatically. <laughs> yeah, I think the one that I took me like probably two and a half years to figure out was the one for yes, which <laughs> sounds like the English one for no. <laughs> Would you like to demonstrate? Well, the no one I use way more than yes, mm. but no would be uh huh. <laughs> Which sounds like, uh huh. <laughs> so confusing. And then for yes, you would say, uh uh-uh. Which then I've had some problems. So I'll ask someone, like, are you married? And they're like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> do I ask your spouse's yeah. language now or not? <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. I really like the no one, though. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Most of the time I use it, I don't don't really think about it. I wish that I used it more. Yeah, it just comes out. I only use it in the village. That's true. Yeah. I feel like people don't use it in the city Mm -hmm. as much. Here's one. Here, I'll test you guys. I want you guys to think to yourself what you think this might mean. Uh Uh-huh. What context would you use that, do you think, (laughs) English speakers? I feel like I mostly use it with children. Yeah, that's true. So... It means wow, (laughs) which is, it's so expressive. I love it. Mm -hmm. Like if you see a little kid and they show you their toy, you can be like, oh, (laughs) what are other ones you like? Well, now you've made me self-conscious because you're like, you use that way more than me and you don't use it right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could be wrong. I am wrong sometimes. I mean, of course, like it changes for different speakers, right? You have different habits of use. Um, but one that I end up using a lot is just, eh? <laughs> it's kind of like, it also has like a yeah sound sometimes too. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> Depends on if it goes up or down, if it's good or bad, kind of, <laughs> in my mind. Native speakers, you can correct us. It's okay. Yeah. But if, like, somebody tells me something that's kind of shocking or, you know, just some, like, mm -hmm. that needs some kind of response, like, instead of saying, oh, yeah, yep. Oh, wow. Or, you know, something like that, like, yeah. <laughs> say what? You can also kind of just say it as, like, a pause filler mm, like yeah. we would like you just did mm -hmm. right to show oh, i'm listening a, to you i'm a, listening a. to you yeah a, a. go i get it yeah <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is <laughs> another one that i really love is a my yeah <laughs> that one's also kind of like wow but it's like a bad wow kind of like damn girl <laughs> a my <laughs> how about cha cha Oh, man. <laughs> it's hard to translate yeah. that, right? <laughs> like, I don't know how like, to put the English version into yeah. words, how to put the Nepali version. It's kind of like gross or like yuck. Mm -hmm. You can say it like to shoo an animal away, mm -hmm. too. She's also doing this hand motion that you can't see <laughs> as she makes the noise, like flicking her hand, like flicking it away. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many good. Things like that in Nepali that you have to learn how to use. Yeah. So fun. It's very contextual. I love it. So you guys can try these out in your own context and... <laughs> Confuse the heck <laughs> out of the people around you. Confuse your friends and family today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, are you ready for dinner? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, you, you are ready? Uh-huh. You're not ready. I uh, don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed those weird, fun noises that we make here in Nepal. <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We post all the cool pictures. Mm -hmm. We usually post them on Facebook, too. Sorry. I we don't, try. We don't love Facebook as much as we love Instagram. <laughs> but our followers seem to love Facebook more. We love you guys. We're trying for you guys. Um, don't forget to rate our podcast on all of the podcast apps. Mm -hmm. Actually, Apple's the best. That's Even if you don't use it, just somehow go there. Find it. Give Exhausting. us all the stars. As many as possible. Thanks for listening. You guys are cool. Yeah. We like you. We like you. All right. Well, um, I'm going to hang up now. It's getting late, so yeah. I should go. Okay. Yeah. But thanks for, thanks for calling. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. See you I'll, tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bye. 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 Bye.